At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the Just Baseball Show. It is Tuesday, March 15th. For Monday, March 14th, Aram Layton and myself, Jack McMullen, went through a bevy of free agent deals for the first weekend after the lockout was lifted. It was lifted on Thursday. Uh, Things started to simmer a little bit, and then all of a sudden, the water was boiling, and it was popping over the pot, and there were flames everywhere because he had boiling water touching the the stovetop. And now it's like your kitchen's on fire and the fire alarm's going off right now. There is so much shit happening right now, Peter Apple. There is so much shit happening. This is the hottest the stove has been in I don't know how long. And it was funny. Yesterday, I was coming back from Ole Miss because I was down there watching the Ole Miss versus Oral Roberts series. And I'm through airports just getting constant alerts, alerts, new trades. And I'm trying to make TikToks like in an airport bathroom, in a plain bathroom, giving my picks like I would on not gambling advice. But it's just been a flurry of moves and a lot of really interesting moves that I don't think any of us expected as well. So it feels like they're all bombshells because they're coming out of left field. Basically. Yeah, I mean, yesterday we had we had Minnesota go and get Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Ronnie Enriquez for Mitch Garver. We had Chris Bassett go to the Mets for JT Ginn and Adam Aller. And then we had Minnesota trade Chase Petty to Cincinnati for Sonny Gray and Francis Peguero. So we were like, okay, big deals. And then we upload the podcast, and about 20 minutes later, boom, the Yankees acquire Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and Ben Rortvet from Minnesota in exchange for Gary Sanchez and Giovanni Urshela. What the hell? <laughs> so let's explain why this could have made sense for both sides. For the Yankees, they go and get more immobile power. Good. Josh Donaldson can't run, hits homers. That's exactly what the Yankees like, right? And they also go and get Isaiah (laughs) Kiner-Falefa to play short until Volpe gets up and Ben Rortvet, who has like a career 650 OPS in the minors so he can platoon with Kyle Higashioka. So you have a below average catcher, an immobile power hitter, and an underwhelming shortstop going to the Yankees. All right, calling him an immobile power hitter is such a disservice to Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson is in the 98th percentile, 99th percentile of average exit velocity, uh, max exit velocity, hard hit rate, barrel rate. This guy raked 
last year. He's still a perennial power bat. Yes, is he not going to give you any speed? Of course not, but who asked for him to bring speed to the table? The Yankees signed Tim LaCastro. You know, they got they got that's all the speed you need. (laughs) That's all the speed you need. So I think overall, you know, I made a TikTok about it. I gave the Yankees an A minus and I gave the twins a B plus. I actually think, and you can say whatever you want about Gary Sanchez, is he an absolute hole in the lineup sometimes since 2020 is hitting 187. But in 166 games, he has 33 home runs. He can be historically great through stretches as an offensive catcher, but those stretches are few and far between, and the Yankees just got tired of it, and I've been on the forefront of being tired of Gary Sanchez. I'm so glad he is gone, but as the Minnesota Twins, you know, Gary could, you know, find something in Minnesota. I don't think it's that bad of a move because I've been so annoyed with him, but he's still a fine catcher. He's still a starting catcher. And then Gio Urshela is a very solid middle infield option, can play third base. Obviously, that's his main position, and he's a phenomenal defender over at third, but can slot in, play shortstop for the Twins. I wonder now if the Twins' plan is Gio Urshela at shortstop. Maybe they move Jorge Polanco back to shortstop. He's probably going to stick at second, or do they just go say, fuck it, and they go with Trevor Story? That's the big question here. Um, There is a connection. Dan Hayes, the athletic in Minnesota mentioned story was connected with Minnesota. If the twins go and get Trevor story, then they will have added Sonny Gray, Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. That's a team that wants to contend right now. Gary Sanchez. You're right. An absolutely horrible defensive catcher. Like terrible, 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 terrible. People call Salvi the worst. He's the worst. Gary like, Sanchez he is, is worse. the worst. Like he, you know, he's bottom of the barrel too with those framing metrics right there with Salvi. And the thing is, Salvi has to play 162 games while Gary plays like 130 and sucks. Like he is not the option. But for the twins, you know, you're getting Gary Sanchez. Congratulations. Gio Rochelle is probably better. But the thing is about Isaiah Connor Falefa, where I'm going to push back on your thing, where you think he's going to be the starting shortstop. I almost think there's no possible way he's the starting shortstop. I still think they're in on Trevor Story. You know, they they're in on Carlos Correa. I don't know what that means, but I I would be I'd be pretty shocked if opening day Isaiah Kiner Falefa is the shortstop for the Yankees. It just doesn't seem likely to me. I think Isaiah Kiner Falefa is going to be the shortstop for the Yankees on opening day because I've seen a lot of Yankees people. Brian Hoke was one of them said that the Yankees' plans is that nobody impedes Anthony Volpe or Oswald Peraza when they are ready to become the shortstop for the New York Yankees. So you when know, they're done with Scranton, they're going, to, they're going to the Bronx and they're playing shortstop. The thing is, you know who I think is going to play shortstop next year probably for the Yankees? I mean, maybe not. Maybe they're just done with Glaber at short. But Glaber Torres can play shortstop. And the only reason I'm saying that is because Isaiah Conifalefa's glove is being called really good. And it can be good because of his versatility. But the reality of the fact is he finished with negative seven outs above average. Among shortstops, that was one of the absolute worst. He actually had negative nine outs above average at shortstop. Do you know who also had negative nine outs above average last year at shortstop? Who? Claver Torres. So he's not this huge upgrade and maybe he is maybe just last season adjusting to shortstop. He played 156 games at shortstop last year and he was a catcher. Maybe he's just needs an opportunity to play more at that position, but he played a full season and was not good defensively. So that's why I just, 
I, I, I find it hard to believe that Isaiah Counterfluffa will be that guy for the Yankees. It's, it's the New York Yankees. You think they're going to start Isaiah Counterfluffa at shortstop? The Rangers started Isaiah Counterfluffa at shortstop last year. But then again, the Yankees started rooting at Odor at some points at second base, and he was hitting third in the lineup. So, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Yeah, noted lifelong Yankees fan Peter Apple saying, oh, the Yankees can't settle for Isaiah yeah, Counterfluffa at short. Uh, <laughs> before I get to the good thing about Isaiah Counterfluffa, I do just want to say um, that a lot of guys who can play many positions are labeled as good defenders, even if they're average to slightly below average at those defensive positions. I wouldn't call Chris Bryant a really good defender That's, anywhere, but he plays yeah. six positions. I wouldn't call Chris Taylor a really good defender anywhere, but he plays six uh, positions. Chris Taylor, I don't know. He's a good outfielder. He's a good is, outfielder. Is he a really good outfielder? Not a really good outfielder. He's exactly. a good outfielder, though. And he's exactly. a good, but he's a good defender on the infield. I don't know if we put Chris Taylor in the same boat. I think Chris Bryant was a perfect, perfect comparison because he's not that good at defense, even at third base, his primary position. But he can play so six. I think of them. that's a good one. Right. He could, like, technically, because he's a freak athlete. That, that's the deal. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, the reason he can play six positions is because the Yankees are getting an absolute grinder who is committed to being a major league baseball player. Yes. He was blocked by Elvis Andrews in Texas. Nice. And he went to the Rangers front office and said, what do I need to do to be a Texas Ranger? I feel like I'm ready. And they said, can you catch? And instead of saying, no, fuck off, I'm leaving. He said, hell yeah, I'll learn how to catch. And he learned how to catch and he broke into major league baseball as a catcher. That's who the Yankees are getting. They're getting somebody who can swipe bags. They're getting somebody who can put bat on ball occasionally. Um, and they're getting somebody who can play a bunch of positions because he just wants to be on the field playing Major League Baseball. And at the end of the day, I root for those guys eight days out of seven. How much worse is Isaiah Connor falafa than Gio Urshela? Because when you look worse. offensively, he is worse. He is a worse player, probably, but I don't think he's that far off from Gio Rochella. Gio Rochella had a Gio Rochella had a great 2019, a great 2020, but a below average year offensively last year in only 114 games. Remember, this is a guy who was waived by the Blue Jays before coming over. When he was on the Guardians, he was not very good at the plate. And then he had this offensive outburst with the Yankees. Really awesome. He's had some big moments. He's a fan favorite because by all accounts, he's a phenomenal clubhouse guy you know he's got a great glove he's he's kind of a glue guy for the Yankees can kind of piece together problems that they have but you know he's on the wrong side of 30 now I don't know if Gio Urshela was a guy that we absolutely had to keep and they're getting Josh Donaldson Josh Donaldson rakes and I know it's expensive we're also getting really rid of Gary's contract you're getting rid of Gio's contract as well and at 36 and 37, I don't love that I'm paying him that much money, but it's the Yankees. It's not my money. I don't care. Yeah. They want to go over the luxury tax. They should. They're the New York Yankees. They shouldn't be spending more money. It's Hal's money. Um, Hal's and money. It, if Hal's okay with spending the money, then Hal's okay with spending the money. I will say that it's a lot of money. Over the next two years, Josh Donaldson is owed $42 million, and the Yankees are taking on all of that. Exactly. Right, TikTok? We're, we're live on TikTok right now. <laughs> don't you guys agree? <laughs> don't you guys agree the price of winning is very high very very high you can watch Moneyball as many times as you want but the reality is the oakland A's have not won the world series since billy bean has been the gm anybody that wants to wring the towel dry of all it's worth financially is not going to win the world series unless you're tampa bay because they somehow have a deal with the devil where they can bypass that um they're, the Mets know they have to spend $300 million, right? Atlanta Yankees should, 
the Yankees should be in that same boat. Like, uh-huh. are you going to get outspent by your little brother, quote unquote, not really little anymore, big brother now. Like, even in my Twitter comments, I got our, our, our guy, managing editor and host of the Locked on Mets, Ryan Finkelstein, just coming at me about the Mets and the Yankees and, like, bullying me. And I'm like, dude. And, you know what? That's what Steve right. Cohen He's has right done. to bully me right now. That's what Steve Cohen has done. And Steve, I, love, I do love it. I know I'm a Yankee fan, but I love it for the Mets. I no, really you do. love it because it makes baseball more competitive. You need exactly. some of those MFers in, in ownership roles where they can dish the money out because you've got the MFers on the field. You've got the MFers that want to win as many games as possible, but they're always working against the executives that want to penny pinch. When you've got somebody that is a bad MFer that says, I'm going to spend as much money as we need to win the World Series and I'm not stopping a dollar short, that is as exciting as it gets for a fan of that team. I could give a shit about his tweets. I really could. I don't care about his antics. I don't care anymore. He makes baseball more exciting. He makes New York more exciting. I mean, I'm currently living in New York City. I'm so excited to go to City Field next year and watch these Mets as well as Yankee Stadium. I mean, if the Yankees get Freddie Freeman, which is not probable because we've seen rumors to the Blue Jays recently. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Rays send him an offer. We And we know the Dodgers are well within their rights to just go pluck him up. Max Muncy looks like he'll be ready for opening day, but the Dodgers don't really care. They'll put Max Muncy at second base. The thing is, then what do you do with Gavin Lux? But we're not going to dive into the whole Dodgers situation, but they'll, they can get Freddie Freeman with ease. So the Yankees are not a team that's automatically going to get Freddie Freeman at all, but I do think they're one of the front runners. Yeah, Yankees are rumored for Correa if this news from Ken Rosenthal has any backing, any, like any at all. Here's the rumor. Carlos Correa would entertain signing a one-year deal. I don't know if Carlos Correa would entertain that. Um, I think it's more of a Scott Boris thing. Again, this is from Ken Rosenthal, article he wrote for The Athletic. Um, the, the intricacies of that statement are that Boris would not get the majority of the agent cut if Correa signed a multi-year deal this year because Correa switched to Boris during the lockout. If Correa signed a multi-year deal, the majority of the agent cut would go to his previous agency. If he were to sign a one-year deal, and then he were to sign a multi-year deal next year, then Boris would get the entirety of the agent cut. Dun, 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 uh. oh, wait, what's the Star Wars theme music? It's like, uh, yeah, it's like a, I can't really hum it, but my comparison to Scott Boris is Darth Vader. You just did Here Comes the Bride. Yeah, not even close to Star Wars. Dun, 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 Yeah, that's Star Wars. George Lucas. He is Darth Vader. I mean, that is so stupid. He's going to get a guy who's coming off his best season to date. Maybe not the best offseason, but offensive season, but one of them. And then his best defensive season this is the year for Carlos Correa to get that tenure, 300 plus million dollars. You and Arm were harping on the fact that he's going to get more than Seager. I'm unsure, but we're both in the same boat that he deserves 300 million dollars. He already turned down 10 years, 275 from the Tigers. I have such a hard time believing that he's going to get a one year deal. But you know, Scott Boris at his at his force, like he's going to grab like Darth Vader did in Star Wars, just. Grab- Grab him by the throat and be like, you're doing this. You're signing a one-year deal. And he might end up doing it. So, so, so here's the thing. Um, and I was just telling you before we record, I view it like this. Carlos Correa aced his contract year. 
There, I, you could argue that there has not been a better contract year in recent memory than what Carlos Correa just put out for Houston. I'm trying to think just off the top of my head. Maybe Chris Davis in Baltimore. Maybe. I mean, the platinum glove winner. I don't know if he deserved it, quite honestly. I think Nicky Lopez had a better year defensively <sighs> than... No, I'm not kidding. Correa's got a hose. By the dude. numbers, it wasn't all that close. I mean, it was, it was kind of close. But Nicky Lopez, by the numbers, had a better defensive season. But regardless, okay. Correa was phenomenal. I'm not trying to argue that. I mean, Correa throws 100 from yeah. shortstop, and he's a more talented defender than Nicky Lopez. So. And, and didn't he lead all position players in war? No, Trey Turner did. Uh, Correa second? No, I don't or think so. was he down the barrel? And I don't have fan graphs rolled up, but Trey Turner led all position players in war. Okay. Uh, but or, Correa oh, was... Tani did. Correa, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Correa <laughs> was like top 10 in position players in war. Correa, I, I will say, had the best contract year in recent memory. He aced his contract year. So that's like going to take the ACT and scoring a 36 on the ACT and then going to take it again. Exactly. Why are you going to take that shit again? You just got a 36. It, it, but again, look across the landscape of baseball. Who is going to give him $350 million? Because you know he wants more than Seager. Maybe he can be convinced. Be like, oh, next year, the shortstop position, it's not, at, you know, with free agents. I think Trey Turner is a free agent next year, but I think he'll still be the bell of the ball. Actually, I think Trey Turner is a better shortstop. I do. I'd rather have Trey Turner on my team. But I still think Carlos Correa is obviously one of the best shortstops in baseball. Maybe he gets convinced that next year's free agency is better, you know, not competing with Trevor Story, not competing with Corey Seager. But I, no, he shouldn't be convinced. Like, you should get 300 million this year. Why not? Uh, but if he signs one year 60, the Reds can do it because the Cincinnati Reds have shed $60 million in payroll by getting Jesse Winker, A. Eugenio Suarez, and Sonny Gray off the books. They are on a free fall for no reason whatsoever. But Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez go to Seattle to make the Mariners so much better in exchange for one of Arm's favorite arms in all the minor league baseball and one of just baseball's favorite arms uh, in the minor league ranks. Lefty Brandon Williamson, righty Justin Dunn, Boston College grad who is MLB ready and can be a starter for the Cincinnati Reds uh, during the first week of the season. Jake Fraley, who you fucking love, and then a player to be named later who apparently is an impact prospect. Bob Castasel, the team. What are you doing? What are you doing? You are ruining a team that can win now. They had the talent. You got the rotation. You had Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley. You got Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo coming up, Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos, Joey Votto. They rake, and A. Eugenio Suarez is probably going to have a bounce back here next year for the Mariners. I love it for the Mariners. But looking back on it, that's my take that I don't think the Reds should sell. But in this particular deal, I do kind of think it's a win-win. Jesse Winker yes. is going to go over to the AL West. Passon had a great tweet about, I mean, we know this, that Jesse Winker destroys right-handed pitching, cannot hit lefties. In the AL West, it's very right-handed dominant. I love the move for the Mariners. Also, a Eugenio Suarez slots into third base. Toro, probably, I, 
I don't think he's a starting third baseman for like a perennial playoff team. I think he's a fine player, but I think a Eugenio Suarez, you know, you can put him in the DH role. He's going to have some pop. My only thing is he's going from Cincinnati, which is an absolute bandbox of a field to Seattle. I don't know how much the power is going to translate, but I do think it's it's gonna, gonna, he's got pop like nobody's business, but I just really love the move for the Mariners and Brendan Williamson. They are really loading up on some talented pitching prospects, Chase Petty, Brendan Williamson in a couple of days. It's kind of awesome. This is so this, well in less than 24 hours. Uh, no, this <laughs> is super exciting um, for Cincinnati. If you look at the future rotation, now the rotation could have won now, um, yeah. but with this return, you feel a lot better as a Reds fan than you did last night with the Sunny Gray deal. It's um, really depressing, but at least like they didn't get fleeced or something, which would just be the absolute worst. If like they never got an impact prospect for Waker or I don't know, traded. <sighs> Votto and got nothing like or trade Castillo and got nothing like this was a good trade I also like the Chase Petty move coming back for some so it's they're they're doing fine for their plan but I think their plan is freaking stupid and Bob cast to sell the team should just get the hell out of here uh when you break camp in 2023 and you've got a starting rotation of Luis Castillo Tyler Malley Nick Lodolo Hunter Green and Brandon Williamson with Justin Dunn as the six. You know what's funny, though? We think that Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley are going to be on the Reds. We have no idea. Okay, so even if they trade both of them, now you set up for Lodolo, Green, Williamson, Dunn, and somebody else. Petty in a couple years. Petty in a couple years. And Justin Dunn, he's not great, but he's got potential. I like his fastball. I think he's a uh, maybe not a four, maybe like a good five, maybe like an all right four. I think he he's a rotation arm. He can I know he can eat innings when healthy. He's got a high fit, spin fastball, but it's only like ninety one. He's got all right stuff, and he's an all right pitcher that has the opportunity to get better. I think it's I just think it was a good move all around. But then again, I keep harping on this stupid Reds. What are you doing? Yeah, stupid Reds. What are you doing? They they stockpiled young pitching talent, which is cool. The Mariners are fully committed to winning now, and you just got a veteran bat in the outfield and Winker. Suarez is like a great power bat to have. I still think Bryant makes a lot of sense. I would prefer if Bryant was the starting, you know, third baseman, and then Suarez is the DH. They basically just got Chris Bryant and two players. So we were predicting Chris Bryant to the Seattle Mariners because. He could play outfield when they need him to, and he could play third base, but then they just got their third baseman and then they got their outfielder and this Mariners offense in the outfield, Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kelnick, Kyle Lewis, and now Jesse Winker. But the thing is, Jesse Winker is a terrible left fielder. Like no one's talking enough about that, how he's just an anemic defender in left field. He dropped so many balls to lose bets for me last year <laughs> on the Cincinnati Reds. But that's why I love Jake Fraley so much because he's single-handedly saved me games on the Mariners by robbing home runs. But yeah, I think Jesse Winker's actually going to play a lot more DH than I think a lot of people think. I think he might be the DH for them next year. That's fine. You mentioned that the fine. AL West is right-handed heavy. Let's let's go through the other teams in the division. Uh, Anaheim, Shohei Otani, and Noah Syndergaard are the two best pitchers. Um, okay, righty, righty. Houston. Well, Sandoval and Suarez are lefties, but those are the two lefties. In but I mean, Sandoval's pretty good. Jose Suarez is pretty good, but you're not terrified of them. No, and Detmers, you're not terrified of yet. 
Um, Houston, Verlander, McCullers, Luis Garcia, they're all righties. And they have Framber, but they have Christian Javier and, um, yeah, mostly right-handed. Texas, as it stands now, John Gray, Dane Dunning, they're both righties. Texas Rangers did not end up getting Kershaw. So, yeah, mostly righties again. And then what, are we forgetting Oakland. any teams? Oakland's Oakland. trading everybody. I mean, Manaya's not going to be there. Montes isn't going to be there. That was the crazy part about Chris Bassett. That was why that, that trade kind of shocked me. I, I mean, we talked with Katie Wu of The Athletic. That was her guy. The Cardinals need to add starting pitching. And I really thought that Chris Bassett would move to the Cardinals. But now he's on the Mets. And I think the Mets have, if not the best, second best rotation in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, the one, two, three is stupid. The Brewers are still phenomenal, though. Like the, the Brewers, Brewers are, they have Ashby at the end and Hauser. Like those are really good arms. I prefer those two arms over, honestly, uh, Hauser and Ashby or Taiwan Walker and Carrasco. I know those like, other names are much bigger, but but you know I love Adrian Hauser. Like Hauser and, I love and Ashby. Ashby. Yeah. So yeah. I and I think they're, you know, Woodruff and Burns are almost as good as Scherzer and DeGrom. I mean, you put those two against those two. I mean, really any team can win. And then I'll take Freddie over Chris Bassett. So, yeah, but, but I'll take that Chris Mets Bassett. offense over the Brewers offense. Oh, yeah, definitely taking the Mets offense. Definitely. Offense. Uh, speaking Brewers of which, interested in McCutcheon. Yep, I saw the Brewers were interested in McCutcheon. Uh, still doesn't make them better than the Mets. Speaking of which, uh, bad injury. Well, you've got some injury news here and then, Another thing, thank God he's okay on the Mets side. Pete Alonso T-boned, uh, oh car God. flipped, according to John Heyman. But Alonso said he was okay. It was super scary. Everybody in the car was okay. That's one of those things that could have been so bad, but it wasn't so bad. And wow, we're thankful for that. Wow, thankful for that. That I saw that. That pop, You know on Twitter, and it pops up, and it's like, Pete Alonso got in a car accident. And my heart dropped. Yeah. Like, actually dropped. Like, I... And it, it was like, you should be feeling those feelings whenever you're in baseball. But I was like, I was visibly shook. I immediately clicked on. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then I made the TikTok immediately, basically just kind of relieving myself, like making sure Pete Alonzo was okay. But he is going to be okay. And we even added a TikTok comment. Um, Do you still think with the Pete Alonzo injury, is he going to lead the league in home runs? Very confident. And he's yes, still going to yes. lead the league in home runs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another injury, Fernando Tatis Jr., Broke his wrist. He's out three months. Which one? Which one with the motorcycle accident? Uh, that is not good. Yeah, that came from Jesse Rogers. Um, yeah, he was asked, uh, I really when don't did the like motorcycle accident happen this offseason? And he said, which one? I really, really don't like that. And I'm never going to tell a player how or what to do their job or what to do in their off time. That's definitely not my place at all. But I, I have to say that as Fernando Tatis Jr., I've said I think he's going to win the MVP. I think he's going to improve on defense. I think he's the number one player in fantasy baseball. When we talk on our fantasy baseball podcast, not gambling advice, I've been all over Fernando Tatis Jr. I've been willing to you know, risk the injury concerns for him. But now, like I'm – Fernando Tatis Jr., you are the face of baseball. You have, you have rules that you have to abide by that not a lot of other players do. Like you are representing our sport and you're off like riding a motorcycle. Come on, bro. 
please just stay in the game. You make the game so much better. We need you in San Diego at shortstop for as many games as possible. And we're not going to get that. And we're probably not going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. And probably till June. Yeah. Uh, this is going to have a terrible ripple on the Padres because terrible. it's either Hassan Kim as your starting shortstop, which oh. fine defensively, but he is a liability and a half offensively, or you rush CJ Abrams to the big, big. leagues which is absolutely brutal. If I was AJ Preller, do you think it's a complete rush to get him up soon? Yeah, absolutely. He just missed the overwhelming majority of the year this year. He broke his leg. Um, He's such a freak athlete that I feel like maybe, but because the speed already plays. He's not ready for big league pitching. Yeah, no, he isn't. He's not. Um, So if I was AJ Preller, here's what I'd do. I would go get a bench shortstop. I would go get somebody like Nick Ahmed via trade. And I would go have him there until Tatis got healthy. Because Nick Ahmed, I mean, I, I just laughed there, but he is one of the best defenders in the sport still at shortstop. Maybe even Kevin Newman from the Pirates. I'd go get somebody that just buys you three months. Exactly. More so than sure, Kim. I'd, and I prefer, I don't know about the Padres, like I prefer the best defender possible because they got plenty of pop throughout that lineup. Just get the best defender and lock down the left side of the infield when you have Machado at third. And yeah, I, I, I like what you're putting down there with Nick Ahmed or possibly even Kevin Newman. I know those are probably the two least sexy names of all time, yeah, but, but I think don't they can get be valuable contributors. Yeah, yeah, you don't need sex appeal. You have plenty of sex appeal on the on the on the mound, and then across the diamond. I mean, the chrome zone. There's nothing sexier than the chrome zone. <laughs> chrome zone's hot. Chrome zone's but also, you hear they're aggressively shopping Will Myers and Eric Hosmer. Well, <laughs> I could have told you that. I could have <laughs> like, told no you that in day five of the lockout. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Aggressively shopping. Who in the hell would buy them? I don't know. Uh, Will Myers. Cincinnati, <laughs> Colorado, Cincinnati's becoming the joke now. I mean, it was Colorado until Cincinnati just shed 60 million bucks in 24 hours. It has to stay Colorado. They're interested in Chris Bryant. Yeah, that's <laughs> God. I would as a Chris Bryant truther. That would be my worst nightmare if he was a Colorado. Rocky. But he would hit 350 with 50 jacks there. Yeah, but like it's Colorado. Like that means I have to watch Rockies games. I know. I, know. I would though. I I do like watching Herman Marquez. Like I'll turn on a Rockies game. Yeah, that's one every five days. KB's gonna play every day. I gotta watch KB every day. Um, we haven't even talked about the A's continuing to go scorched earth. You talked about brass. You talked about Bassett going. Um, I mentioned that they might depart with absolutely everybody: Montes, Manaya, Chapman, Loriano. They already got rid of Matt Olson. Matt Olson in exchange for Christian Pache, Shea Langoliers, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes from Atlanta. That is a massive haul. We oh. think it's not a great haul at just baseball. Shea yeah. Langoliers is pretty solid. Estes has some possibilities there. Um, Arm is totally out on Christian Pache. That makes me the majority out on Christian Pache. Um and Matt Olson is a, is a thumper. But what this means for Atlanta is that the Freddie Freeman era is over. And, oh, my God, that sucks. Terrible. And we saw Alex Anthopoulos, the GM of the Braves, choking up visibly talking about the deal. You know, Freeman's a Boris client. It's clear that it became business over family. And Freddie Freeman's most likely not going to be an Atlanta Brave, which is a crazy sentence to say. 
after winning a World Series, he won an MVP in 2020, and you're not bringing him back. You're not bringing him back. That is heavy. But Atlanta, the roses are red. The roses smell amazing because you just got, besides Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the next best option at first base. Matt Olson is a phenomenal defender at first base, and he had a top 10 offensive season last year. And remember, this is a guy hitting close to 40 home runs in the Coliseum. Coliseum's enormous. And to have his kind of offensive stats there, incredibly impressive. The swing is amazing. And he's an Atlanta Brave. And just to go back into the package for a second, I don't believe in Christian Pache's bat. I'd love to be proved wrong. I'm sure everyone at Just Baseball, whenever we harp badly on a player, we always love to be proved wrong. Whenever we call a player really good, we really want to be right. But if we call a player wrong, we're totally fine being wrong. But I don't believe in it. Shea Lang Lears, we, uh, when I interviewed Tucker Davidson on TikTok Live, I was asking about the, uh, the Braves catching situation. And he said he's one of his favorite to receive. He loves Shang Langliers behind the plate. And Shang Langliers has a little bit of pop too. Uh, but that also goes to show me though, Sean Murphy might be available from Oakland as well. And then the two pitching prospects, I think are two of their best pitching prospects in their entire system. So it was a haul, but the Braves did phenomenally there. Yeah, they were thin. Uh, Braves were thin on the mound because a lot of their young talent is already up, right? You look at Soroka, you look at Ian Anderson, you look at Freed, you look at Enoa, right? Um Kyle Muller just came up to and Tuki Toussaint. They're still trying to figure out what the deal is with him. And then Tucker Davidson, obviously up as well. So um, there, there were a lot of guys that came up already. And Estes and Cusick were a couple of the guys that were left over. Um, but going from Freeman to Olsen, it, you lose all the heroism, right? Mm-hmm. You lose all of the leadership that Freddie Freeman has but that's not a big drop-off in production there at all. Freddie Freeman's 32 years old. Matt Olson is 27 years old. And oh, by the way, he's from Atlanta, Georgia. We just, yes, that's the big thing that I feel like not a lot of people, I mean, personally, like I didn't know Matt Olson was from Atlanta, but it makes all the sense in the world. We just did our ultimate draft on Friday. You picked Matt Olson in front of Freddie Freeman. And the goal was to win a championship as many as you can in the next five years. For the next five years, Matt Olson will most likely be a better offensive player than Freddie Freeman, even though I still think Freddie Freeman is the freaking GOAT first baseman for all that he's done, the pedigree, the MVPs, the World Series, the clubhouse, the leader. Uh, he's still the best first baseman in baseball in my mind until proven you know, different. Obviously, Vladdy is insane and more talented um, and Vladdy will most likely overtake him next year. And even Matt Olson could overtake him next year. But I still love Freddie. But again, Matt Olson. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a replacement. I mean, come on now. It's the best replacement in baseball. Seriously. Um, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. My team on that ultimate draft also got fucking bodied. Did you see the vote? I destroyed you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got absolutely bodied. I like my team, though. I was very. I did good. like your team too. I didn't think you had a bad team, but I all of our teams were so good. All of yeah. our teams were so good. 
A um, couple things, just rapid fire before we wrap up. Uh, free agent news. Nelson Cruz, one-year $15 million deal with a mutual option for 2023 with the Washington Nationals. Uh, I tweeted last night that Nelson Cruz just wanted to hit behind on-base machines, Juan Soto and a hitter Adrianza. Um, they're both going to have like a 600 OBP. So. I love that tweet. And another funny tweet, from, again, from our guy, Ryan Ficklestein. He says... Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz in the same lineup. Is that still better than most of the teams in the National League, like those bottom dwellers? I mean, those yeah, two guys, I mean, Nelson Cruz. Also, another question for you. Nelson Cruz is currently at 449 home runs. Do you think he makes the Hall of Fame? Or do you think he hits 500 home runs? He's a Royds guy, probably won't end up making the Hall of Fame, but I think he's got 500 home runs in his future. Yeah, those are two different questions. I'll say no to Hall of Fame, yes to 500 home runs. Kind of impressive. Nelson Cruz, 500 home run. Super kind of awesome. Kind of awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, the Phillies, after signing Jerry's Familia, signed Brad Hand to one-year $6 million. Good job. It's exactly what Phillies should be doing right now. I mean, they need an outfielder. They need an outfielder. Mickey Moniak and Veerling cannot be the answer. They went and got Odubel Herrera again. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> oh. And he's like a bad guy, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Not a good dude. What are you doing, Philly? Bring back McCutcheon instead. But I think they, I still think the Phillies now, Chris Bryant seems pretty likely to the Phillies. The only problem is they have Alec Bohm, but they, you know, they have the DH now and they can kind of do whatever they want. Cause Alec Bohm is just, he was not good defensively over there at third base for the Phillies last year. I think the Phillies are on the forefront of Chris Bryant. I've heard Kyle Schwarber connected to the Phillies. I've heard Michael Conforto. I mean, we, uh, Mets fans and Phillies fans alike, they know that Michael Conforto rakes at Citizens Bank. And so that could be a good fit over there. It could also steal some of the thunder from those New York Mets. But I do think Schwarber will be the guy to go to Philly or Chris Bryant. And that's my take on that. I like it. I think Schwarber. You think so? I like you Schwarber. Think Schwarber. I do too. I think Schwarber is going to be the guy to go to Philly. Yeah, I, and I think that makes a lot of sense for that lineup. And I think Schwarber and Harper in the same lineup would be hilariously fun. But there's so many more phrases still left to be signed. Nick Castellanos, Seiya Suzuki. Correct. Correct. We're in for another. We got to do. We're going to do this again tomorrow. Like this week might just be all free agency. I mean, what else are we supposed to do, people? We supposed to play GM with the Rockies right now? We got to talk about free agency. No, I said that as a joke yesterday, so that means we're never doing it. Uh, Ian (laughs) Kennedy to Arizona, one year, six and a half million dollars. What are they doing? They're going to turn those. uh, You said it perfectly before pre-record. They're going to turn two. Oh wait, did you see this? That they're going to turn these two guys into four prospects in like a couple months. Yeah, they just decided to pay, you know, however many million dollars for four months of the services (laughs) of Mark Melanson and Ian Kennedy, and then they'll go get four prospects in return at the deadline. Once it's nine to four, they're losing in the seventh. It's going to stay nine to four. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) God. Not going to be eleven four. No, man. That run differential is not going to be that bad. <laughs> people that the staff people are going to be like, wait, the Diamondbacks could have a good year next year. <laughs> <laughs> Top bullpen in baseball? <laughs> the Arizona? Really? I hope they keep uh, that. Brad Boxberg. Speaking of good bullpens, Brad Boxberg in Milwaukee. How hilarious is that? We gave him to about 30 teams that are playing GF episodes, and then he just ends up going right back to Milwaukee, where he belongs. I mean, Milwaukee's bullpen is still so legit. I'm glad they retained him because Hader, Williams, Boxberger, yeah, big three. Broxberger's that good. I freaking love that dude. 
Yeah. And Jake uh, Diekman. Jake Diekman got signed. He's a Red Sox. He's a Red Sox. Fired up for Jake Diekman. Another guy we've been giving out to everybody. Jake Diekman. Shout out Jake Diekman. We can't end on something as not sexy as Brad Boxberger, so we got to talk about Tim Britton of The Athletic um, getting this quote from Jacob deGrom. He said he plans to opt out after this season. Don't sound the alarms. Jacob deGrom was never going to take his, what was it, 25 million bucks, 30 million bucks, because he wants no. 40. He wants a billion years for a billion dollars. He just saw the 37-year-old version of him get 43 million. And he's on the team of the guy who has a limitless wallet. And you he's know gonna Steve's going to do it. And then he's going to sign for $50 million and just break all of baseball. I'm in. I'm in too. All right. Uh, what else? If you, if you care at all about the NCAA tournament, if you feel like you want our help filling out a bracket, go listen to today's episode of Not Gambling Advice. I was the guest, so it's he awesome. Was the guest. <laughs> and I, I'm going to give it up to Jack McMullen. Jack McMullen could make his own college basketball podcast and have similar, if not even better analysis than what he can do on baseball, on college basketball. The dude's a freaking genius, gave us so much good stuff. So go check out Not Gambling Advice. We're dropping the podcast episode. It's, it will be available at the time you're listening to this episode as well. Also, you can check us all out on YouTube, of course. I just want to refresh Twitter one more time because with these kind of moves, like something could just go in, like Chris Bryant could have signed with Japan or the Diamondbacks yeah. or something like that. Well, Colorado that, might be going for him. While you do that, let me just say that that was very sweet of you to say about the college basketball thing, even though my bracket sucks every year because I, I think too in-depth about each of these things. And then all of a sudden, like the four seed that I picked to be out in the first round is in the elite eight. I'm like, all right, shit. That, that's why this is the most impossible thing in the world. Like Jay Billis's bracket probably gets destroyed too. But I think Jay Billis is one of the best college basketball minds I've ever heard. Like it's impossible to have a perfect bracket. That's why none of these guys ever do. So it's all about the analysis and then you got to make your decision. But you can hear yeah. all of that on Not Gambling Advice. And you can find that episode in our episode link description. Also, Just Baseball March. March. I'm talking to you people on TikTok. Look at the hoodie. You see the hoodie? Merch. Merch. What are you wearing? What does your shirt say? Urban Chop House? Urban Chop House. It's Urban Meyer's Steakhouse in Columbus, Ohio. Urban Meyer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got it after his uh, Jaguars incident. Buy low. Buy the tip. Have to. <laughs> I just wish there was more moves and there's going to be so many more moves tomorrow. Let's, let's just go through people who are left before we end it. Correa, Freeman, Seiya Suzuki, Nick Castellanos, Kenley Jansen. Chris Bryant, Trevor Story. Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, Ryan Tapera, Andrew Chafin. More trades are going to come too. And more trades are going to come too. The Blue Jays are interested. I mean, the Blue Jays still want Jose Ramirez. Let's go with this baseball thing, man. This is so fun. And with that, thank you, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.